Amen. You may be seated, and I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles with me to that passage in Matthew, chapter number 16. If you're new around the Scriptures, Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament. And we'll take our, our passage of Scripture, our Scripture reading there from Matthew chapter 16 this morning. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to speak, and I, I really want to try this morning to ask one question and it's not a question that I've come up with. I've not tried to be clever. It's just something that we find here in the Word of God. And it happens to be a question that all mankind must ask. All mankind really does ask and must answer for themselves. And it is this. Let's, let's see it there. It's, it's asked really two times uh, to two different groups of people. There in verse number 13 it says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, and here's the question, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And then uh, secondly, it's asked in verse number 15, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And the question is simply this, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Now that sounds like a, a very simple question. And, and at a congregation, a group of people like this, many familiar faces, uh, I think your, your first answer is probably very quick. And, and maybe a list of different things start to come to your mind. You say, well, He's the Savior. He's the bread of life. He is the living water. He is the door. All of these things probably hope, and, and I hope they do, start to flood your mind. But it's a question that ought to really, the way we answer it, ought to affect our lives. And I think the reason that, that I really am drawn to this text is because I know that my answer does not affect me as much as it should. And I wonder if, as you answer that question in your own heart and mind, does it affect you the way that it should? Who is Jesus? Uh, specifically, Jesus Christ put it to two different groups. He said to the disciples, who is Jesus Christ to the world? And then he asked the question, but who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is Jesus Christ to you? Now, I, I think the reality is, is uh, we, we can often ask that question and answer it differently. Maybe, maybe our brother over here would answer it differently than our sister over here. And, and somebody in the United Kingdom would answer that question differently than, than maybe somebody in, in New Zealand where our pastor is going or Zimbabwe or you pick a country. People might answer that question differently. And the reality is, is that many people who have tried to answer this question, who is Jesus, have answered it with the wrong answer. I wonder this morning, if that question is asked to you, who is Jesus, I wonder, do you know the right answer? Do you know who Jesus Christ truly is? We see here in this passage that really since the beginning of time, since, uh, since sorry, the birth of Jesus of Nazareth, this has been a controversial question. 
We sometimes look at our world today and we see the, the multitude of religions and we see all the different views of Jesus that people have today and we think, man, we've got a really complex problem in our world today. But if we're honest, even in, in Jesus Christ's day, in, in Israel, in His day, there was a great controversy over who Jesus was. Who was Jesus? In fact, it is the single most controversial question in human history. And it is the single most important question in human history. Who is Jesus? No, no question in the world is attacked so much as who Jesus Christ is. Who is Jesus? How do you answer that question? In the time of the Scriptures, you see the answer that is given here in verse number 14. And, and they said, this is the disciples testifying on the behalf of others and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist some Elias that's Elijah others Jeremiah that's Jeremiah or one of the prophets he said who who do the people say that Jesus is if you look in Matthew chapter 14 we see that Herod thought that Jesus was he said this this is John the Baptist he is risen from the dead you remember that that Herod the the tetrarch had taken and beheaded John the Baptist because John the Baptist had, had told him that he was wrong for committing adultery. And uh, Herod didn't like that. Herod's uh, adulteress didn't like that. And so they had John the Baptist beheaded. And so, so Herod thought that Jesus was John the Baptist risen from the dead. He was wrong. That's where we see that in verse number 14. They say, some say John the Baptist. Nicodemus, you'll read in, in uh, John chapter 3, came to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. So, so uh, Nicodemus, and he, he, he says, we know, uh, referencing all the Pharisees really, and in those early days of, of, of the book of John and the, the, the life of Christ, really in the first year of Christ, many people thought that Jesus was a good teacher. He was a rabbi. He was given the opportunity time and time again to stand up in the synagogue and to teach because the Jewish people thought that he was a teacher, that he had something good to say. You'll read in, in um, John chapter 4 it is where Jesus Christ is at the, at the well in Samaria and the woman at the well says, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. As she, as she looked at Jesus and Jesus began to speak to her about things, she thought, you know what, this man is a prophet. And we know as we read the scriptures that Jesus Christ was hung on a cross that many people thought that he was a heretic. Many people thought that he was a, a, a liar, that he was claiming to be God and that he wasn't. And so he was crucified on the cross for that very reason. The, the, the scriptures tell us that uh, in Matthew 12 that the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. Many people, even in the day of Jesus Christ, had many different, different views on him. In fact, one point somebody said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't he just a, a, a man who grew up in a wood shop? Many people had different views of Jesus Christ. What does the world think of Jesus? In our, our day, uh, world today, many people have different views of Jesus. I spoke with a man just on Friday. He, he professed to be a Muslim, and he told me that Jesus was a prophet. 
uh, tell you if, if he is a prophet, if Jesus Christ is a prophet for the Muslim faith, if Islam is real, then he is the worst prophet the world has ever seen because he's led more people astray than any other prophet. I don't know how they deal with that, but he is, uh, he, the, for the Muslim faith, he is the worst prophet the world has ever seen because he's deceived more people into following him than Islam even has following itself. Think of that. He thought he was a prophet. In Nepal, we, we talked to many Hindus and Buddhists, and they thought that he was a, another god, and they just would add him to their shelves. They would, uh, next to their, their there's Krishna, and, and there's their, their god to the rain, and god to the, to the mountains. That You know, they have 33 million gods and goddesses in the Hindu religion, and they are happy to take Jesus and to throw him up next to all the others, just as a god, and, and that's with a little g. You, you go into the, to the streets today and maybe you'll be con confronted with somebody who's been influenced by um, the man Richard Dawkins. And Rick, Richard Dawkins will tell you that the life of Jesus is nothing more than a fairy tale. And he'll compare him to Santa Claus. Yet he's not read any books or written any books called The Santa Delusion, has he? He's not too concerned about Santa Claus, but for some reason he's given his life to trying to destroy Jesus. Why is he so controversial? Why is he such a big problem for so many people? A lot of people in our world to say, today will say just, just with um, Nicodemus that he's a teacher, that he's a good man, that, that you know, his view of, of loving others is, is good, right? The golden rule that, that people think, man, Jesus really helped us. We ought to have that, that idea of one love, right? Was Jesus just this, though? Was he just a prophet? Was he just a teacher? Is he just a good man? Is he just a, a God to add to your, your bookshelves full of gods and goddesses? Who is Jesus? See, the, the truth is, is, is many of us would say what Peter's about to say. Well, what we're going to see that Peter says. But many of us live like what the world says about Jesus. We live like he's a good idea. We live like he's, he's just another God to sit next to the gods of, of money and wealth and fame that we all pursue after. We live like he's just another uh, teacher and, and we learn a little bit from him and we also like to read uh, uh, other books and other literature and we put it all together and we think, you know, I'm going to live this way. But we don't take what Jesus Christ has said often and really act like he is the Christ. Like He is the Lord of our lives. And that's why it's so important. How we answer this question is so important. I recently read about uh, Albert Einstein. You know, Albert Einstein, uh, a man said of Albert Einstein that he was a very religious man. He was very religious and he had a high view of God. And in fact, he had a high view of, of the God of the Bible, but he didn't go to church. He didn't go to church on a regular basis. And, and uh, the, the man said that it was for this one reason. Because Albert Einstein believed that he had a much bigger God than the churches had. He had a, the God of the Bible and the God who had created this world. And he looked at that God and he saw a magnificent, a supreme, an, an all-knowing God. And he would go to church and he would hear of a very small God. The preachers and the people believed in a, in a very 
fake small God that they didn't really give their lives to. I wonder, do we live like that? Who is Jesus to you? Jesus takes that question and He says, okay, that's what the world thinks. That's what everyone else thinks. But to you guys, my 12 disciples, my closest friends, my my companions in, in this work, who do you say that Jesus Christ is? And I wonder this morning, in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own life, who is Jesus to you? Your answer to that question ought to affect everything. And here's Peter's response. Peter says this, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father in which is heaven. Can, can I pause for a second there? Before we, we look at who, who uh, Peter thought Jesus was, do you know what Jesus Christ thinks of himself? So we know what the world thinks, but who did Jesus Christ think that Jesus was? Well, he affirms what Peter says. Jesus believed that he was the Christ. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Son of Mary, born of Mary, believed that He was the Savior of the world. The people in His day knew that. That's why they crucified Him. So when you listen to this world today who says that Jesus was just a prophet or Jesus was just a good teacher, can I tell you, in in the words of C.S. Lewis, He was either Lord or He was a liar or a lunatic. And if if he was a liar, then he's not somebody worth following. He's not a good teacher. He's not a good God. He's not a good uh, prophet. He's not good because he was a liar. He claimed to be God and he wasn't. Or maybe he's a lunatic. He actually thought he was God and he should have been put in an insane asylum. Uh, Maybe you're not allowed to say insane asylum today. You know what I mean. In a mental hospital institute. Because he was crazy. He thought he was the creator of the world and he wasn't. Or or he wasn't a liar. He wasn't a lunatic. The other option is that he actually was God. He is Lord. And can I tell you this morning that on the words of of Peter and the words uh, of Jesus Christ, this is who Jesus was. And Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Now, I, I don't know if any of us really feel the weight of what that means. That He is the Christ. We, we read through it. We call ourselves Christians. We carry that name with us. We say we're followers of Christ. And, and we often use the, 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 the name or the, His name, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we say that He is the Lord of our, earth, of, of our lives and of all the earth. But do you really know, when you say those words, that Jesus is the Christ, what that means? The word Christ uh, has, has a few different aspects to it and, it, and it carries with it many different things. But this is a massive claim that Peter is making. 
And now remember, Peter, Jesus wasn't a, a wealthy man. He wasn't a famous man. He, 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 in fact, in this day, he's quite honestly becoming a very hated man. So for Peter to say that he was the Lord and Messiah, he was, he was really uh, standing opposed to what the world thought in his day. Uh, not much new there. And, and he says this. This was a massive claim. It was a huge statement that Peter was making. He says that Jesus is the Christ. And what does it mean that he was the Christ? First of all, it means that he was the anointed. Jesus was the anointed one. He was distinguished. He was set apart. He was separated. Do you know that this means that Jesus was the anointed one that the Old Testament speaks about? When you go to Genesis chapter 3 and, and you see uh, the, the sin of, of, of Adam and Eve and you see Jesus, uh, sorry, pardon, God talking to Adam and Eve and he, and he says to Satan specifically, he says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed, the seed of Satan, and her seed, the seed of Eve, and it shall bruise thy head and he shall bruise and thou shalt bruise his heel. You know what Jesus was, or God was saying at that moment? He was saying that through the seed of the woman, through Eve, something, someone would come who would destroy Satan. Way back directly after the fall of mankind, as in Adam all die, God told Adam and Eve, God told Satan, God told the world that there was a coming Messiah. A coming anointed one. And guess what? As Peter looks and he looks Jesus Christ in the eye, and you can almost imagine as, as Jesus asks that question, Peter jumps to the answer and says, Thou art the Christ. He says, You are the anointed one that the Old Testament talks about. You are the one, the, the, the seed of the woman that has come to, to bruise the head of Satan, to destroy the dragon, to destroy the devil. You are the one. In Genesis 12, 3, uh, God told Abram, He said, In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Through the seed of Eve, down to the seed of Abraham, and through Abraham's seed, guess what? Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah, and all the nations of the earth are blessed. All the families of the earth are blessed. How? They're blessed in the same way that Simon Barjona is here. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Why? Because because salvation has been offered to mankind. He is the anointed one. He is the one in the Old Testament. And, and because of that, Isaiah 53, read through the prophets. We could, we could go through all sorts of different passages where we see this promised uh, Messiah. And guess what? Jesus is the one. He is the Christ. He is the Savior of the world. It demands worship. You and I ought to recognize that Jesus Christ is the one that someday every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. That this man who, who, was, who was born of a virgin, who, who was born in a, a stable, who, who lived a, 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 a life just like all of us except without sin, who, who lived in this world just like you and I do, he walked the face of this earth, that he himself in, in human flesh was God Almighty. He is the Christ. He is the Christ. And He deserves worship and glory for it. Peter recognized that. Do you? Because if it does, uh, then, then it ought to affect us. 
We've got this, this great task of world evangelism, right, that is, is on us. And, and we just talked last night at the stewardship banquet about the responsibilities we have as a church to do something. But can I tell you, the reason we have that responsibility to go and spread the gospel is because we are to make much of Jesus Christ. And, and the reason God commanded us to go is because, sadly, we don't go in of our own volition. Because ultimately we should, shouldn't we? We ought to be so filled with an awe and a supremacy of God in our life, a supremacy of Jesus Christ in our life, that, that it just rolls off of our tongue. We shouldn't have to be commanded to talk about the one who we love so much. Nobody tells me to talk about my children. I do that naturally. Why? Because I love them. If we truly loved God and Jesus the way we ought to, Nobody would need to tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It ought to be a natural thing in someone who is obsessed with the God of the universe. He's Christ. Thou art the Christ. That means not only that He was the anointed, the, the word Christ also carries with it the idea that He is the King. He is the King of the Jews. He is the, the one who is to be seated on the throne, right? He is the king. He was the king of the Jews. The king of the world. And not only was he anointed, not only was he king, but he is the Messiah. He is the one to be worshipped. He is the one to be served. And he is the one to be trusted. I wonder, is Jesus the Christ to you? And, and notice that it, he's not a Christ. He's not a Messiah. He's not a Savior. He's not one of the many paths up the mountain to God, right, as some like to say. He is the Christ. The one and only Christ. The one and only Messiah. The one and only Savior. The one and only way to heaven. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That is Jesus. He was not just a man. He is not just a prophet. He is not just a teacher. He's not just, this book is not just a, a, a guidebook for life. It is a book, it is a love letter from our God on high that you and I might know the single figure of human history, Jesus Christ. And how He came to this world, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, was, was beaten, mocked, ridiculed, hated, despised, rejected, and then went to the cross taking your sin and my sins, bleeding and dying, being buried in a grave, three days later rising again, 40 days later ascending to heaven because He is the Christ. He's not like us. He's not like Plato or Aristotle. He's not a, a man with a good mind. He's not a philosopher. He's not a teacher. He is the Christ. And the question is, do you recognize that? And if you do, then do you live like it? Because it ought to change the way you live. It ought to change the way that we act. It ought to change who we are. Because we're not followers of a teacher. We are followers of the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. He needs to be the central figure of your life. Not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your parents. 
Jesus Christ. He is supreme. I wonder who is Jesus Christ to you. This was Peter's confession. These were the words that came off of the lips, the tongue of the Apostle Peter. Now, it's interesting, in a few verses down here, Jesus Christ is going to look at Peter and say, Hey, get thee behind me, Satan. So Peter was just a man, right? And we can look at that at another time, the Peter Petros, all that, you know. But, but the, the reality is, is that Peter was just a man who quickly fell. He had faults and failures. And can I tell you, you can confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and, and you might still make mistakes. You're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. We're so, we should try to, to be like Christ. But will you confess? Romans 10.9 says it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 10.8 and 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. I wonder, have you ever confessed in your own heart and life that Jesus is the Christ? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart. You know, there are many here, maybe even this morning, who have many times have confessed and you said, you know what, I know that He is the Lord. But I wonder, do you believe it? Does it change you? Does it grip you? Is He the Lord of your life? 1 John carries on with the same idea. Chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Hereby we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. I wonder, will you confess? Like Peter confessed that day, Thou art the Christ. Will you this day believe in your heart that God hath raised Him from the dead? And if you do, then let it change you. Let it grip you. Let it be consuming to you that there is a God in heaven who loves you and sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And He is Lord. Would you bow the knee? That's what our, our pastor often says it the, when he was converted. A man said it. You either bow your knee in this life or you will bow it some other day in, in His presence. But you will bow your knees to the Lord. The question is, will you bow Him today before it's too late? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, let us confess that Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And I pray as this passage tells us, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, Lord. I pray that thou wouldst reveal this truth unto us now. That it wouldn't just be me, a man, a mere, a mere mortal, trying to pour the, pull the curtain back, Lord, but that God Almighty, that thy Father, that thou wouldst reveal this truth to the people under this marquee, this morning to those who are listening on the live stream this day Lord please help us to understand that and I know there are people here that have yet to come to grips with that that have yet to understand that thy son is the Christ that he's the Messiah that he's the anointed one that he's the king that he is that central figure in human history please help us to understand that 
And for those of us who are Christians, Lord, let us live like we, like we know it. Let us, let us put thee in thy rightful position as the Lord, as the Christ of our life. We trust thee with these things and pray them in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen.